after watching this movie, I don't know if the title is an invitation or a threat. We saw Look Who's Talking Now, so you know what that means. Now it's time for Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? We are in studio, old theme song, and two classic hosts. Uh, please welcome Jason Manzoukas. How are you, Jason? Uh, Paul, I, when you told me I had to watch this movie, uh, and after having just watched Look Who's Talking 2, yes. uh, I was depressed. <laughs> I was depressed to find out I had to watch another one of these, and it's animals talking. Right. Um, for I those, don't like it. <laughs> look, the audience called for it after Look Who's Talking. And we talking. listen to the audience now? We do. I mean, when they want us to finish up this trilogy, we have to do it. Um, please welcome my other co-host, June Diane Raphael. How are you, June? I'm good. How are you, Paul? I'm <laughs> very well. June, <laughs> your your thoughts on this movie right out of the gate? Oh, man. So Ugh. I felt such little connection to the children, the babies, when they were talking. I felt even less to the dogs. Really? Yeah. I, I liked the dogs better than the baby. Wow. I've got a lot to get into it after we introduce our guest. <laughs> yes. So our guest today really is uh, one of my favorite people. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's worked on Saturday Night Live. He's worked on The Simpsons and probably uh, most notably has been on TV as one of the best late night talk show hosts in the game. He's the longest running talk show host on television and he has a brand new podcast coming out here on Earwolf called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Please welcome Conan O'Brien. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was told, I'm doing a podcast now because I was told there weren't many. And there oh, was a desperate no, need. Yeah. For no, 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 no. Someone is lying yeah. to you. I was told there were very few. We are literally drowning in podcasts. <laughs> this is misinformation I got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone I was told you. I was told that uh, it was a vast open space. Yeah. Wild, I was shocked. West. Yeah. I was shocked. Uh, to find out that there was more than three. <laughs> I really thought I was getting in really? at the very yeah. beginning. No, no, no. This is a point where basically you could, every person has a podcast that can be just for them. Yeah. I mean, if oh, you yeah. have a phone, you have a podcast. Yes. Okay. So I was misled. I was also told that this will be a cash cow for me, my podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was told oh, that. that. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, if you're expecting to get paid in Bonobo's Pants. And stamps.com stamps. Yes. Then, is that how, then you're going to be drowning in mail-order pants and stamps, my friend. Yeah, then Conan, I'm happy. You're going to be sleeping a night on a Casper mattress and thanking oh, your lucky stars. You will be you're traveling have, with away suitcases. You're going to have a room full of small boxes that contain large mattresses that are inexplicable. All right. I'm down for all of it. Oh, I'm excited. And fancy socks. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, my podcast is out there now. Yes. And and so uh, I'm not familiar with technology, but I guess you just swipe up, yep. and then my podcast appears. Well, just, it just starts. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you would, you could, yeah, you could swipe up, I or just yeah. look for Conan O'Brien uh, needs, needs a friend. A friend. Yeah, yeah, which on uh, any of your podcasting apps, I suspect. I don't know. I I thought it was just a swipe, or else isn't there an app where you can just think of what you want? How about this? How about this? Hey Siri, because a lot of people are yeah. just going to be listening. Hey Siri, so I'm activating people's series right now. Download Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast and subscribe. And I'll right. help you out right here, and I'll go, hey, Alexa, download and subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend this podcast. This is fantastic. I didn't know these things even existed. <laughs> While we're at it, though, hey, Alexa, buy the house on Blu-ray DVD. 
<laughs> one click purchase. Sorry. Just, just in like, case. You make and sure. this shows up on the radio. Uh, it's yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. Our show is 90, available. 96.9. <laughs> Our show is back. Traffic's looking pretty rough out there on the uh, 101. Hot takes in the afternoon with Conan O'Brien needs a friend. We are the only Zoom exclusive podcast. So you can only get us on a Zoom, which means you have to find a Zoom. But then once you have it. Yeah, you're in. Uh, you're, you're, you're all golden, set. baby. Conan, so... We have watched Look Who's Talking 2, which was the sequel to Look Who's Talking. So we have kind of dipped our toe into this universe. So we brought you in here to kind of wrap up the trilogy. Okay, let me tell you my first uh, impression. Yeah. I have not watched the first movie, Look Who's Talking. Yes. Or uh, Look Who's Talking uh, 2. T-O-O, by the way. I have not watched either one of those. Right. So this experience to me... It's as if you two, uh, you three were inoculated. You <laughs> gradually got to dip your toes in right. yeah. and adjust to a universe where uh, babies talk and, yes. and shouldn't talk and uh, are sentient. And then, so for you, this was not shocking, this no. third movie. To I me, ha- having no, not seen the shocking, first two. But, but uh, it was shocking, but I understand your point, absolutely. My point is that I went in cold. Yeah. I went in yeah. cold, not having seen the other two, and needed medical attention afterwards. Yeah. No, this is a I very- I take some responsibility there. That must have been hard. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for uh, honoring my feelings. Absolutely. It, I will tell you one thing. If you were to think that these movies would kind of heighten each other, they don't. They throw out the core conceit of the Look Who's Talking movies, because in the first two, it's about the babies talking, and now- these dogs talk in this, but the dogs don't seem to really play an integral role in the family yeah, I mean, dynamic. That's so strange is the, the so yes, I would say from the poster you would think the dogs are the main characters in the movie. Yeah, and driving the plot, they are not no, in this film. This is still another movie about the marital the like <laughs> horrific marital strife between the characters of John Travolta and Kirstie Alley who once again seem on the precipice of divorce I, for the third time in 6 years. I do believe that this is like if Arthur Miller came to Hollywood they're like you have to do a talking baby movie because it feels like this couple is yes. they're not well. Yes. Things well, are going in their defense and in the movie's defense, what I think works about Look Who's Talking Now is that <laughs> you, you found something that I works. I think something works about the movie. I think Travolta and Kirstie Alley have phenomenal chemistry on screen together. <laughs> they do. There is they a raw. Do. There is a raw sexual they, chemistry. There is a sexuality happening. Oh wow! Between there's like, the there's like yeah. finger gestures for that as well, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> there's something going on. They love each other. They love working together. You can tell. Yes. They love like, dancing together. I was going to say that dance sequence really. They're having hits the that. time of their lives. It seems like they're having so much fun that people are like, "Don't even worry about the script." Or the jokes, it's just going to ride on your own charisma. And I think that is where the movie is hitting into a rough patch. Because it, it, for a plot, we found this problem too. You can't really go, well, what's the first act of this movie? What's the problem well, with this? Well, it starts mo- once again with a sex scene. Right. It starts once again with a sex scene uh, and the animated sequence of the eggs chasing after, I mean, the sperm chasing after, or getting to an egg, right? Yes, yes. yes. Now, in this movie... 
Is that dog sperm That's and a correct. dog egg? Yes, That's yes, correct. it is. And now I want to jump in, the, in here. In the yeah. first movie, it was human, human st- of same course. thing. Yes. Well, first of all, I don't want to get too much into it, but it works pretty much the same with any mammal. I don't, I don't have okay? children, Conan. It's, so yeah. I would love it if and you would be talking about this, this kind of stuff on your podcast. Yes. Too, yes. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's 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 not a big leap. Uh, Jason, to, to to say that yes, that is dog sperm it is. going to okay. a dog egg. Right. But, but yeah. the thing that blows my mind, and I'm assuming that it happens in the first yeah. movie, is that the sperm is completely sentient. Yes, the sperm yes. as it's headed towards the egg is yeah. Danny DeVito saying, "Get out of my way, you guys! Yeah. I'm yeah. headed to that egg. Get out of my way!" Now this is a weird thought, but the sperm has the complete personality already before it's even hit the egg. Yeah. Which is basically the filmmakers telling us that even before it has fertilized the egg, the sperm, the male contribution contains everything that is necessary. (laughs) Correct. That is a The egg doesn't speak. The egg doesn't speak. This is totally, totally offensive, I think. I agree. In this era of Me Too- what is an egg supply if the sperm is already like, let me get in there. Yeah, I'm Danny DeVito. I got to get over there and fertilize so I can become what I already am. Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. There's no, yeah, there's no uh, youthful, like, heir to that sperm either. It is fully formed as, like, an older sentient. man. It's so, like, all women have, like, a, you know, are made up majority Danny DeVito. And yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, like, and, and that's the thing is like for, for men, you can produce an unlimited number of Danny DeVitos, but for a woman, <laughs> you are born with all of the Danny DeVitos you'll in your body have. that you'll ever have. Yes. And At once birth. a month, you'll, 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 you'll slough off a Danny DeVito <laughs> yeah. into a pad or a diva cup. Unless, can I say, this is why so many women choose to freeze their Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's, that's important. And, and if you're listening, that's a responsible step to take. Yeah. If you're in your mid thirties, freeze your Danny DeVito's. <laughs> yes. And, and if you, know you freeze them, do you take the edge off your Danny DeVito? Does your Danny DeVito come out of that freezing process maybe a little bit more? No. Danny DeVito. No. no. <laughs> you try taking the edge off Danny DeVito. He's a streetwise sperm who's been around the block a few times. I mean, so that's, that's, no, that's a, 30- a really good point because then that dog is born and is just, again, just Danny DeVito. Yeah. There's no other personality. No. Yeah. But the, but the rules of time in this movie are really Slippery. confounding because oh, yeah. um, he's a puppy. He's a puppy, and all right. Well, there's so many For things. One like, day. They break all the rules. Yeah, they, they break, break all the rules because he says things like he's born and he immediately knows. Hey, what's that guy doing over there with that sandwich? Oh yeah. But then he says, and what are these two things on my face that I can see with? Yeah. Like, wait a minute. You know what a sandwich <laughs> is, but you don't know what your own eyes are. Yeah. This happens all the time in the ones with the babies, too, because yeah. they will frequently be. Well, did you? They, they, the other thing is, like, they he's in the house with the poodle, the Diane Keaton poodle. And she, at some point, like in the third act, they go on a date. Right. And she says, What's your name? And they live in the same house. Yeah. And I that, did think it was funny when he said, his name was no. Yeah. She said, no, that's just lot. what they say yeah. to you. But like the idea that they are so stupid in some ways to have not picked up on the fact that they call him rocks. Oh, that's his name. But she's just like, do to do what they, they willfully withhold information or give information as if it's just like for the, for the gag, which is more often than not, not funny, even remotely. Sure. There's also uh, clearly what bothered me is I don't know who here, who here has dogs. I've always had dogs. 
Dogs have a lot of personality. These filmmakers went out of their way to capture these dogs' faces when they weren't emoting in any Never. possible so literally like way. they held up two photographs yes. of two dogs and it, just laid ADR tracks underneath I've them. I've seen people's Instagram profiles where their dogs are more emotive than this movie. Like, at one point, they freeze we frame. We get it. You look at a lot of dog I Instagrams. Do. I love it. No. Uh, but there was a one point where they freeze in the dog because like, they can't even keep the dog still. But there's... Nothing about these dogs that are impressive. And I no. say, okay, so I think that was a problem in casting. Okay. Because I do think the dogs, they, and I love dogs too. I actually hear that dog slept with one of the producers. I don't <laughs> think you'll ever get a poodle that's going to deliver. Wow. Wow, June. I, listen, June I need out to say this. Hard anti-poodle. I don't know that you're ever going to get a poodle that's no, going to. You're going to get so many emails. I know. I can already just, see the message. You know what? I don't want to be. I don't want to be you in a supermarket anytime in the f- near future. <laughs> you're saying poodles can't act. A lady with like act. four poodles I, come at you. You're saying poodles there's can't act. There's always something about a poodle's face that's hard to connect to. Like I don't. My body doesn't want to go to a poodle. I agree with you. Thank you. But. The Danny DeVito dog, there are a gazillion other dogs that could have played that role. Yeah, the mutt. Yeah, the mutt with like a friendly face. That yep. dog. No good. He looked What's so this? mutt dog like that he didn't seem to be special. He, look, it's a movie dog. Get me a movie dog. I want to get me yes. a Benji or something. No, no, they, yes. they took a dog. I think as they were writing the script, a dog wandered by and they said, that's the Great. dog. That's Rather it. than looking for the dog. Yes. Yeah. And they also. Uh, you know, they didn't, there'll be a scene where one of the dogs has to be saying something really emotional. And they literally just took some (laughs) B-roll of the dog just with its tongue out, looking sideways, thinking about lunch. Yeah. And they will put that over the dog and it takes you completely out of the movie uh, and that's stupid because I was never I in was the movie. I was just going <laughs> to say, <laughs> I, love, I love that you, you were in enough. Oh, but I I, in. It took me completely out of the movie. Up until then, I'm on board. The, the thing that took me out of the movie was when Danny DeVito's uh, dog goes over to bite the shoe, he is think well because he's always thinking it's like what's in the dog's head but as he's thinking he's also making chewing noises he's like mm, this is a good shoe yum 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 but if you're thinking this is a good shoe you wouldn't be making a yum 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 well i do that when i eat <laughs> that's my inner monologue when i'm eating and nom, i know nom, 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 jason nom, is nom. the same we're, we're both guys that like as oh. i'm eating a steak i'm going swallow 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 digest digest gulp gulp it's such a weird thing. Like they can't even make the rules of this movie right on that. Like it's like you would think. Like, are they thinking it? Are they saying it? Are they communicating? Because the other thing is, the first movie. What I think is the clever conceit is you're hearing a baby's thoughts. The second movie, the babies are telepathically communicating. Oh yeah, because they're not speaking. And now the dogs also without any movement are telepathically communicating. And that, I think, takes me out and of the whole all thing. all the like, dogs, t- all animals talk. We live now in a world in which everything has sentience and, and right. the ability to talk to each other. Right. I really, at a certain point, was like, are there gonna co- is there going to come a point where the babies can hear the dogs? Like, that's right. where I started to get... Movie. Yeah, but By also, way, why right not... Why aren't we hearing 
there's other creatures. Yes. Yeah. Why aren't we hearing a, when a, they're in the park? Din. Why aren't we hearing squirrels saying, you know, look over there, there's those dogs. I yeah. tell you, that looks like Danny DeVito. Yeah. Why aren't we hearing clouds saying, I'm a cloud? Yeah. I mean, it's just like Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know Everything should be a lot. And these are the kind of, of these are the kind of voices that you're doing on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, right? The podcast. It's uh, mostly no. character work. <laughs> it's, I mean, yes, and. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, and there'll be more of that. <laughs> Listen, I love I love dogs. I also love children. Oh wow! Wow, Jim, big I found statement. there was something off about the little girl. The girl. Oh, oh yes, the girl. I cannot. I've been waiting for someone to bring this yes. up. Something's oh. very yes. wrong with her. Something is someone very needs to intervene. Wrong. Yes, and, well, and I'll tell you this: what I just say. she's being left alone. A lot. Yes. She's in, like, in danger they during are, that Peter Pan scene. They are terrible parents. Terrible. Time and time again. When terrible. they're on the tarmac of an airport, a functioning yes. airport, the kids run in two different directions, and they don't move their head. Like, like my kid, like, they're- These yeah. are kids who were left in an apartment on fire. That's the second one. By the, uh, by the okay, brother-in-law. you just lost me. You yeah. just lost uh, me. These kids have gone through more traumatic yeah. events in these five years. Well, also, and by the way, for her, it, it's catching up with her. Like, she is not a well child. She no. has a sexual awakening watching Charles Barkley play <laughs> basketball, yes. which I felt also, uncomfortable watching. Can we talk about the doll? She yes. has a Charles Barkley doll, yes. which clearly she didn't purchase she made it herself. Wait, now really? when a, when a well, why you do don't you say that because that was not that a was commercially available Charles Barkley. <laughs> Are you doll. saying uh, that because you would have had it if it had been? It, it's like I a, think we all would have had it. Had it's it. a it's a Charles Barkley like Raggedy Ann and Andy like that's what it looks yeah. like. It's not like it's not like an action it's, figure. It's it's like a, yeah, a, a floppy, funky, soft. I'll yeah. put it out there in the universe. If anyone can find the store that sold <laughs> the Charles Barkley. Raggedy, like raggedy Andy doll that wears a son's jersey. Uh, I'm buying you a beer and I'm delivering it to you in person. It didn't ever exist. So this girl had that made or made it herself. And and, and they're Whoa. also concerned that she like, not only they can, well, this is what they say. They say when they're talking about her being afraid of watching basketball, they're like, here, oh. this is a little clip. Uh, Snap out of it, honey. Aren't you bored with that tape yet? Good. It's good. Would have passed it to Julie. Up she goes. She scores a hundred million points. <laughs> Most little girls are obsessed with ponies and mermaids, not big sweaty men making jump shots. <laughs> We'd be worried. My? Yes, worried. yes. Well, it's the Suns, honey. If it were the Mavericks, I'd be worried. So they're Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things here. Like, why would they be worried that she's? Or I guess she's not f- uh, fulfilling gender norms. Uh, no, they should be worried because there's something off about her. <laughs> there's just something off about her. Yeah. They should be very worried. When they show her staring, first of all, she sits very close to the TV Too and close. she's unattended. And Always. she watches TV for long periods of time. And then she fantasizes about Charles Barkley. And it's her expression. Yes. And I think yes. this is what you've been trying to get to is... I mean, her expression is disturbing. It's it's uncomfortable to watch. And I've looked at her now. She's a normal, healthy uh, actress. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that we a weren't going to be- A normal, healthy actress. I was going to say, I just like, in looking at her, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to see where it all went to because she's staring at that TV like the scene in Poltergeist. Something has possessed her. Yeah. And it looks, and, and I think the she, TV- Okay, the, the expression in her eyes, Paul, is like she's gone away. Yes. Yes. Like she is not there. There's n- that what's supposed to be happening behind a child's eyes is not 
present. In well, her it's notes. almost as if they shot her thinking they might still use Rosie O'Donnell's voice. Actually, Roseanne Barr. Oh. To, to add her thoughts in. Yeah, that's interesting. So, oh, that that's it's, so that it's just like, oh, she does appear to be a blank slate to just put jokes into, but maybe they just didn't do that, or, or I don't know what. But because I agree, there's just long periods where in the previous movie, she would just be, jokes would just be flying yeah. fast about what she's watching on TV, about what the thing. Yeah. Uh, now, I bet I can fly jumping up on the bookcases and so forth okay when she gets up on that bookcase <laughs> it was in the background terrifying in the background shot. of Kirstie Alley's shot I don't want to talk about it just like this in the background also <laughs> Kirstie Alley does not have the reaction of no if one of your children at that age climbs and they're 15 feet in the air and they leap and you happen to turn just in time and catch them and save them from being paralyzed yeah. for life or dead you don't recover that quickly. No. no. Christy always catches her and goes, whoa, what's up with you, yeah. <laughs> fly girl? As opposed to shrieking, oh my God. Yeah. Crying. You almost you died, crying. Honey, what were you doing? Flying. Flying? Honey, you can't fly. But those people can. What? That is make-believe. Honey, remember when we had our discussion about make-believe? But the basketball man is make-believe and they can fly. Oh, honey, is that why you like them? Because you think they can fly? They can't fly either. But they can jump really, really high. But this is like, and I, I mean this, in the second movie, the children are in an apartment that is engulfed in flames. Well, All right, if, the, you're gonna, if you're going to talk about another movie, I'm going. You know what? <laughs> oh, gonna, whoa, We're going to push pause on this right now. We're going to watch the other movie. Make I you agree. watch it. I agree. Hold on. We're going to pause and I'm going to see both other movies. Hold on. <laughs> And okay, we're, we're back. We're yeah, back. We're, uh, though you, yeah, right? that, the flames, man. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> they, Those are they, flames. These children need to be removed from this household. Well, I mean, first of all, both, well, look, the dad is making a, a very big wage being a private uh pilot to a CEO. This is a storyline that we are following from each movie. He is a cab driver and a pilot, and now he's full-on just pilot. He used to have to go back and forth. The yeah. reason they drive a cab is because in the original movie, he's just a cabbie, yeah. and she gives birth in the backseat of his cab. Because she yeah. was having an affair with George Seagal, who does make a very brief cameo but it appearance. him. It wasn't? No, that wasn't him. It wasn't him. No, that was George. It was. That it was. was George. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was George. Yeah. That was like George Seagal. That was yeah, Seagal, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's Seagull. Seagull. Right. I think you're thinking of Seagal. I'm Steven thinking of Steven Seagal. You're yeah. thinking of Steven Seagal. And no <laughs> I one thought had it was enough. Steven Seagal. <laughs> I, thought it was the, I thought it was the play, The Seagull. <laughs> but why would, he, why would he even agree to appear in such a limited thing? Like, all right, well, you, you love my character as the philandering accountant in the movie why, one. Why is Diane Keaton in this movie? Like, what's going on? The I second know. movie was- But here's the other question. Here's the other question. They have Diane Keaton. Yeah. They get uh, George uh, Seagal. Yeah. Uh, Seagal. <laughs> it's Seagal. I'm sorry, George. It's uh, They get George Seagal. There are really no cameos no. for a no. movie that should be chock full of cameos. Olympia Dukakis. They couldn't. They got Olympia Dukakis, but you look at all these other roles and even the voiceover roles, how easy is it to get anybody? They couldn't yeah. get anyone well, to do it. the first movie, huge hit, Ellen expected. The second movie, huge flop. And then they go, let's double down again. This is 1993. This is a year before Pulp Fiction comes out. So either he's shooting that right after this oh, wow. or John Travolta shot it right before. Like th this is a weird 
moment in time because Again, it seems like they just really want to do this movie together and be these characters and yeah. have that fun. I mean, no. I don't know. You don't think they want to work for fun? Travolta does donate his own planes to these movies. That is a true fact. I have another question. Travolta always in the cockpit alone. That's a violation of FAA regulations. Uh-huh. For He's, small private yeah. charter yes. planes? Yes, he seems to fly those planes completely on his own. <laughs> Yes, there need to be two because he's a hero. They need to be there need to be two pilots. You never see another pilot. Yeah, and also they need to rest in between. That is a law. He is constantly. The premise is he's being forced to fly nonstop alone. (laughs) Now I'm in Paris. Now I'm in Boston. Just for private, uh, like a business client. Like a. It's not like he is being. He's not like he's a pilot who is jumping around for all these different flights. It is one person. He's flying everywhere constantly. Who's sexually obsessed with him and by the way do you get that do you get like why she would be so into him has he displayed any characteristics that would connect the two of them they set up also that she's on the cover of fortune Fortune 500 and so and she's this very attractive very sexy woman who's who's a mogul right and her only option for a man her only option is the former cab driver yeah. uh, with the corny jokes. <laughs> well, who, father who, of two. Father yeah. of two uh, whose uh, life is falling apart constantly. I think this is, though, like that classic late 80s, early 90s representation of a woman in a, like a leadership position, right? Yeah. Where she's like sex crazed, wants to, doesn't care about family like, life. Doesn't, frosty. Yeah, like but she also tries like a to real fuck bitch. this man on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. She, her She's, office is Lynchian it, in, in it's like, I'm like, insane. what is this? insane. Like she oh, has. No. She, yeah, she's, where is that? Her office was, her, it they, looked like a mausoleum. Oh, it, her yeah. office is like Jared Leto's house in Blade Runner 2049. They, they go to such lengths to it's make like her really- devoid of emotion or any personal connection. They don't ever seem to be having fun together. All the fun they're having is off screen, which is another weird thing because she's like, he's like, oh, she's joking with me because uh, she bought me this jacket. She yeah. told me about this restaurant. And then that makes Christy Alley so furious. But it doesn't seem like John Travolta ever is cued in. Like John Travolta's character seems like the dumbest person of all time. Yeah, yes. he doesn't yeah. seem he has to no notice yeah. until they get to the cabin that like, uh oh, wait, are you trying wait to seduce me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then quick. Quickly turns on her. And it's her. like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I shouldn't have, I don't know why I would think that. But then just sees the phone unplugged yeah. and immediately puts it all together and is like, you're a terrible person. My dog's going to pee on you. And one of the most dis- disturbing scenes in the whole movie, just seeing. I thought that was erotic. <laughs> when the dog pees on the mean but, woman. Uh, sit there you know what? Yeah, that's hey, a thing for me. I'm going to send you some videos. Just click on them. Oh, I have them. <laughs> just uh, no, 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 no. You cannot but, show me any dog peeing. Believe me. Uh, sex video that I have I've not seen. I've got some real juicy stuff. By the way, why didn't she move when the dog is peeing on her leg? She stands there and takes it she's, she's into it <laughs> she's you know and also uh, it is sort of like that old classic vaudevillian bit where you and i are feuding yeah. and i take your tie and i take out the, the scissors yeah. and what i've always wondered about that and then i cut it and you stand there as i do it rather than moving back right she's standing there doing a slow burn as the dog's urine Just. is sensually rolling down her leg <laughs> 
Am I going to a dark place here? <laughs> Not at all. I let's love it. let's, let's put more light in. on this place. <laughs> it's a movie that just aggressively doesn't make sense at every step of the way. And I know it's like a small detail, but like I hate movies where it's like it's Christmas Eve, but yet that company's having a full blown office party like on Christmas Eve. Like I get a Christmas party at an office. I don't get like the Christmas Eve party there. I also feel like dumb things are said like. I'm making him a clam souffle. Yes. Oh my God. I, that's, like, I, I, I wrote that, that down too. No one's ever made a clam souffle and no one ever will. Honest yeah. to God, if I ever am lucky enough in my life to find a woman to marry me and she makes me a clam souffle, I will straight dump her in that very moment. And I will not ever look back. I will light a small fire in our home and I will walk It sounds away. like innuendo, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Doesn't it sound like, you know, like, hey, if you're good, you're going to get yourself a clam Clams. souffle. Mm. And it doesn't mean anything that we yeah, think so, it means. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Clam souffle. Again, it feels like this whole movie is done in ADR. Like they just like they get in there and they're like, just record a bunch of lines. We'll make it all work later on. There's another thing too, which is uh, more in the zone of Kirstie Alley as terrible, terrible mom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you go in order, if we're jumping around. No, but, please. Uh, she thinks that her husband is cheating on her and is in a cabin up in the woods. So she grabs her children and her two dogs. Yeah. From their safe home. From their safe home. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve and races up into what we've been told is a snowstorm that's so crippling nothing can move. Yeah. Yeah. And goes Mm -hmm. racing and then in fact does spin out, roll down a hill and crash into a tree. Yes. Yeah. In like the woods. Child services would be, would remove the children from her care. It is a literal death sentence where they find themselves in the woods, down an embankment, crash against a tree. And she's in there with the kids like opening presents. And I, I wrote down, I was like, oh, in this moment, she's decided we're going to die here. I'm just going to let them open their presents. They were opening presents? They were opening presents. Yeah, because oh, yeah, she was she dressing like, them. Yeah, in like, it's she was really like. really dark. It was, and I was like, oh, she's just decided this is where we're going to die. Yeah, it's so like in Titanic when, t- exactly. when the mom is like playing with the kids in <laughs> yeah, the bed. Exactly. Yeah. And I know, I, she, she is saying, it's this over. is it. Yeah. Uh, it's Brit, been a great run. She like is waiting for death, sweet embrace. Were it not literally for the, the dogs interceding in their situation, Kirstie Alley was prepared to just sit <laughs> freeze to death to freeze to death yeah. in a blizzard in a a, a 1980s wow. taxi with her two children. Now, I think this is a good time to discuss the wolves. Yes. yes. Oh, because 100%. the wolves are disturbing in the uh what do we think? I mean, look, the, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's just play a, a clip of the wolves' voices just to oh, get right, a- the wolves a, talk the, the wolves are like a gang of evil wolves. Correct. Yes. Um, we're this, meant to- Yeah, this is, take, take a listen to, we can, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> Meals on wheels. Mommy found another doggy. That's no dog, kid. Hey there, Mama. On your way to Grandma's house. So uh, the wolves know about fairy tales. <laughs> so the wolves know enough to know that well, like, they know their own lore. To yeah. grandma's yeah. house means that's wool where wolves eat. You wolves know? are well read. And, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, and, I went to college with some wolves. And the wolves are speaking to her as if she can hear it, not going yeah. like, look at this stupid human. Yeah. And look, their voices are are they're definitely making a choice about the voices, but I don't know which 
stereotype I should be offended. It, it, like, it's kind of like riding the border of a couple different stereotypes. It's like, what is this voice of like, hey there, mama? Yeah. Like, I don't know what is going on. Yeah, and they double down on that when more will show up. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I found that, uh, I find again, it, again, I was enthralled, and then that took me that out. That took you oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting, so, tra- these wolves are, I mean, by the way, then they show you a full-on dog and wolf fight in this movie. Like, I think that dog died. Like, I think the, the real dog, that, that, was, you, that was vicious. I've never seen, like, there's no CGI there. That That is yeah. a- so that happened, and that was troubling, because it's like, for this movie, and I think, I hope both dogs were safe, and that someone, a representative from the mm-hmm. whatever, was on I think great care hand. was taken through, okay. like, through everything but in this movie. even if those dogs had to fight, like, the fact that those dogs, two dogs fought- Physically for this film, here's, here's we have to, and that's the climax, like that. for the children's film to watch a dog and well, a that's wolf. The thing is, fight. this is not a children's she's, film. She's yeah. got her no, right. it's not. Yeah. It's not a children's film. It's and, an and erotic it's, thriller for it adults. Is, <laughs> it starts with sperm shooting uh, into an egg. Uh, they debunk Santa yeah. fifteen oh, times yeah, in this right. movie. immediately. Uh, this movie is filled with sexual innuendo. <laughs> Yes, when, this I is guess not, right. This it's is not PG, a children's film. It's this PG is not a 13, movie. but everything about it would make you think this is a children's film. When like, Kirstie Alley has her kids in the back of that cab, and the the the, the dog rocks is fighting what you conceivably think is perhaps to the death with that wolf. Yes, she has her kids in the window watching, going, "Come on, rocks! Come on! You know, you should shield your children's eyes from watching yeah. their dog be murdered." <laughs> I just want to go back. If it's not a kids movie, so this isn't a a movie for adults. This is a movie for no one. Yeah. Because this is a movie that has ingeniously, it's as if you asked a computer, make a movie that no demographic could watch. And the computer would, a really good computer. I mean, right. the best in the, the world smartest, that NASA yeah. has. And it works for a year. It would come up with this movie because it is enticing children, but also mm-hmm. saying no. I mean, it, it, even if you're it's a sport- not a movie for dogs. And if you're a sports fan- One of the reasons that she wants to fly is because she's watched Charles Barkley fly by jumping so high. He is, if you know anything about basketball, the most earthbound NBA star of all time who, so no, he is not, he's not Michael Jordan. He's the antithesis of Michael Jordan. They went down a list and Charles Barkley was like, yeah, I'll I'll do do it. it." I think they shot it without his knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what I just want to talk about the timeline in the film she gets fired pretty early in the movie Kirstie Alley um, and then she gets a job as an elf in a department store right at the same time the dog is being adopted by this biker gang does a very dangerous leap off the back of a of a biker thing and then the dog is full grown full grown full grown now and Christmas is still we're we're still heading towards Christmas. I mean, the month it, of December is five years long. In yeah, this movie. that's what I was gonna say. It, it makes no sense. It's like wait, the it's kids still don't Christmas? the kids don't age. It doesn't age. A year hasn't passed, right? Well, no. it seems like a lot of time. I mean, but the, the dogs dog is are fully aging grown. rapidly. So we're just basically saying this whole movie takes place during December. In a month? I think in a, I think in two months. Yeah, and also you brought up a few things we need to address right away. You brought <laughs> up that Kirstie Alley is fired, and they have established that she is very high up in the company yes, yes. and a top accountant. And it is tax season, which yes. they keep saying. Right. Where it's you know it's it's the end of the year. She is highly qualified, and she became too expensive for this company. Yeah, her only recourse is to work as an elf. 
Immediately. 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 She's, immediately. She said no that she's steps. done every job that she could possibly do. Really? Like she has um, her. And what you don't know, Conan, is that sh- her entire family is accountants. Her both of her parents and her brother. Yeah. So she, you're saying she has no recourse. She has nobody to reach out to to be like, hey, can I pick up some? It's yeah. tax season. Or well, as, I, as the movie taught us from frame one. Yeah. The, the female supplies the egg, which has nothing in it, yeah. no personality <laughs> yeah. and no ability. And we see now that it's true. Kirstie Alley had attained this position, uh, but the minute it's taken from her no uh, by a male-dominated society, she has to become an elf in a mall. She has I to mean, enter into, like, perhaps the greatest patriarchy of all, the North Pole Santa's workshop. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road with you. That's angry. Li- no, listen up. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You want to talk about top of the patriarchy? Let's start with the big man at the top, Santa Claus. All right. You know, Mrs. Claus, she pulls the strings. And then, of course, John Travolta, who knows not much about his wife, just assumes that he's having an affair with the mall Santa. Like, that's his. Oh, in their fantasy sequence? Yeah. Oh. The fantasy the, sequence the in this movie. The fantasy sequence, the dream sequences are awesome. So basically, both <laughs> Kirstie Alley and John Travolta are having nightmares about uh, their partners cheating on them. But then we're watching that in split screen, and then and then it goes to like a quarter screen where we're seeing them sleeping and their dreams above them, and then their dreams intersect. Yes, they step through. I think it was Kirstie, uh, John Travolta, I think, steps through the line separating their dream sequences. Yeah. So he's with her. Which means, I, I don't know what it means. So they're having a joint dream. It's like the yeah, they're having like a it's, shared lucid dream, which is impossible. I'm going to yes. say this. The third Matrix movie makes more sense to me <laughs> yes. than this child's tale about talking dogs. I agree. The rave in that movie now makes complete sense in, in the face of this. <laughs> I mean, again, this should be a very simple movie. They should have just changed directions. Uh, uh, why have two dogs? All you like, they just overcomplicated every element of this movie. I would have preferred a movie. What was that Jennifer Aniston Owen Wilson movie about? Marley, Marley. that was great. Marley yeah, that was a great movie. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved it. I would have preferred a movie about you know, Marley and me. Marley thought his Marley name was no. Me. Marley okay. thought his name was no, too. He didn't really. <laughs> also, he was uh, he was played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> but that's a dog I can but connect based, to on screen. He did all he did but, all the dialogue, and we're not going to use it, but we use it to inform. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. why editing. not? Danny DeVito was on set as the dog, sure. like Scarlett Johansson and uh, her. her yeah. <laughs> yeah. But why not write a movie where this family is feeling the pressures of their finances, and uh, you know we're down to one income, and we are. We are under a lot of stress. It's Christmas time. Do we have the money to give our kids the Christmas they want? And then have a dog enter the situation to kind of bring them all back together. And also that uproot not, things too, which yes, is not yes, bad. cause total chaos and then like recenter everybody and remind them of their core values. That is not what happens no. in this By the movie. Way, it, and it is, and you can still have the dog talking. I think you just got the job for the rewrite. Did I really? <laughs> yeah, for the, re- for the reboot. Wow, is it on deadline or should I it is. check it's, now? Yeah, it's yeah. it's breaking. on deadline. It's, it's breaking right now. <laughs> that They're only going to reboot the third one, not any of the other two. <laughs> it's like the new Halloween. There's going to be a sequel, but to only this movie. <laughs> but it, is, it, it, it could be such a simple movie, and it's so But I think we overly- know from this series they don't do things simply. <laughs> these guys, they get in a room. Who are these they guys? They smoke well, peyote, and they're like, let's Heckerling. do this. Well, no, no, no. Amy Heckerling wrote the first movie. 
So look who's talking. Her characters are what she gets the credit for in this movie. I'm yeah. sorry. So Amy Heckerling had nothing to do with no, this movie. No, just I feel the a lot better. I feel a lot She's better. She's the writer and director of the first movie. The first, okay, great. first movie makes, you know, $100 million. This one. More, I thought. Yeah. Right? This one, the writer is of Blind Date, uh, Overboard, Loverboy. Um, okay. Uh, Pay It Forward, the new Freaky Friday, uh, and the new Hairspray. So that person has written a lot. Um, but it it is... It it feels like I mean the I don't know I it, <laughs> it, 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 it's confounding to me it's, it's confounding. Com- it, oh yeah there's a strange also way in which they are uh, they allow the family to truly be broken down on gender lines yeah the Travolta almost never interacts with the daughter and Kirstie almost never act, interacts with Mikey when she does the son recoils like yeah. don't know we when don't Travolta play. calls he's like let me talk to Mikey <laughs> it's yeah. like we need to have a business talker I'm like yeah. what well, he's not he's interested a, in talking but I think to he's Julie overcompensating for not being Mikey's biological father. Okay. Yeah, oh. that's the truth. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I did. I did find that out because yeah. when she does do that drop, like he goes, "Well, you had an affair with a yeah. married man, but you can't call someone on their affair that they had not in your relationship." Like, yes. He just was a cab driver who picked her up. Yeah, but once a cheater, babe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I. I... God. Wow, June really lays down wow. the law. Wow. Wow. You know what? It's we should all listen to, to <laughs> that's and the way you said it. It was, oh, it's true. It's, uh, you know, I don't was, make the rules. That's just true. <laughs> we'll, explore that. we'll explore that later. But here's the other thing, too. We talk about her being trapped in the middle of the woods. Um, this is 1993. There are cell phones. I like, know, I did not understand why after flying that executive, his CEO, to her airport, why he had to personally drive her to that He house. didn't drive her there because when he there goes to get driver. in the car. Right, right. The there driver, was a driver. Yeah, the so drive, why the, didn't he get back in the car and just go? Or why didn't he just stay at the airport? I have another plane? question. Yeah. <clears throat> he, she had to get to that cabin and he had to fly her in this G7. Right. Yeah. Christy Alley jumps in a car with the kids and is there in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, I don't understand. Where yeah. is this place? Did she, she, did one of them go through, did the car that Kirstie Alley's in go through a wormhole <laughs> yes. so that it yeah. could get there faster than? What you missed in the first two movies is there are portals. There are yeah. portals. There are portals in this, this universe. Is, <laughs> also. This is a sci, This is a full sci-fi this is movie. A, yeah, this is. That girl is alien. See? Also, <laughs> one of the best moments in the movie is the f- entire family, Kirstie Alley and the children, yeah. Well, not the entire family. Chris and the children are saved by rocks. Rocks yeah. single-handedly yeah. goes out and he attacks, he fights off this wolf and saves their lives. Yes. And gets an injury to himself. At the end, when they're all in the cabin and he's the injured rocks is there, uh, she, Christy Alley, only says we can keep the dog because he sits. Yeah. He sits when he's told to sit. That's- the deciding factor, not, not yeah. that he saves children at the drop of a hat. <laughs> not that, not that he did what she would be incapable of doing. She clearly which is was sh- saving her children. She got back. He did that. Yeah. yeah, but the, all of that wasn't enough. No, nope. well, because she was worried still, about them shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, that's what she likes. She likes those shoes. Oh, I, they, there was the, the end of the. And by the way, the end of the movie is here are two people both unemployed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a wrecked car, and they're spending Christmas in a ranger station. This is not a happy ending. This is like- I do think she also emotionally abused these kids. She keeps on telling them that it's Christmas Eve and that Santa's going to come deliver presents there. How? 
Yeah, he'll well, I mean, Santa. Well, I mean, I think that she was going to have those presents. So. But where were the presents? In the she cab. Was in the middle yeah. of nowhere. They had them nowhere. in the cab. Yeah. So no, she, but she, she couldn't ha- get back to that cab. Oh, in the middle oh, of oh that you mean store. at the end of the movie oh. in the Rangers' cabin? You mean? Yes, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Rangers' sorry, cabin. Sorry, I think sorry. she was just going to. She was planning to just give them Rangers' gear. Yeah. You know, just steal stuff from the shelf. Like, like, just wrap it up. Look yeah. at this, a kerosene lamp. You always wanted oh, a yeah. kerosene lamp. I guarantee lamp. you, Kirstie Alley and John Travolta are going to kill that Ranger, and they're going to just live in that station. By the way, where was that Ranger? John Travolta enters in with oddly placed snow on that one lapel of his jacket. Yes, yes, Like white spray paint. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Rangers never seen again. No, he goes, wait, look at this. And then he goes on the radio and pulls up like sleigh bells at the very end. Which is also odd because is the Ranger in on creating a Santa myth or is Santa real? This movie posits that this is a movie where Santa is real at the end too? You know what it's going to be? The next movie starts with Santa sperm. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 let me, let Sentient me Santa sperm. Ho, 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 I've got presents to deliver, but first I must find an egg so that I can become a person who already knows what it wants to do. Merry Jismus. I love yeah. these presents, but what's this white thing hanging from my chin? Um, the plan for the- sperms have beards. I, I have to, I'm just a stickler, but there's one line that really stuck with yes. me that goes way back to the beginning, which is when John Travolta goes in and sees rocks for the first time, Rox is about to be put down. Rox yeah. is about to be euthanized and killed. And there, this guy, this caricature of a mean person who works, oh, is, yeah. is leading Rox by, he has like a noose around his neck and he's leading him into this room where they, where they kill dogs. And the boy says, oh my God, that's the dog I want. That's the dog I want. And John Travolta says, we want to get that dog. And the guy says, no, this dog is scheduled to be destroyed. destroyed. And I loved, I loved for that moment that any person with common sense is like, well, yeah, right, if you want it, it take yeah. the- He's a, his, no. jo- his joy isn't killing the dogs. It would be their last resort yes. like to kill the no, dogs. Yes, no. but I, I just, there's that line. Yeah. It's just like, no, this dog <laughs> is to be destroyed. <laughs> I would love it if they just, in the background, you saw a dog in a room just be exploded. <laughs> like, if they just like put half a stick of dynamite down he, the dog's throat. He is- <laughs> <laughs> and this, like, the walls are just, just like, disgusting. Bam! But what skin is it off this guy to give if, his if mangy anything, dog? Like this guy should be like, great, I don't have to do this thing right now. No, no, no. He was pissed <laughs> he's, because he's got a he's got a quota. He's yeah. got to blow up thirty five dogs an hour. <laughs> if my boss comes back and I haven't exploded the right number of dogs, it's my ass on the line again. Not to be the logic police in this movie, but. The dog, when we first see him, is eating liver in uh, the prison side of the pound. And they are all the other dogs are like, oh, he's eating liver. That means he's going to be killed. But they're acting like prisoners that are there for like the long term. Yeah. And he's like going right to death he's row. He's on death row. But yeah. those dogs would also. Eventually, like, they will be exploded as well. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's getting exploded. Are you aware that there was a German like yes. shepherd that, had, yeah. that and it speaks like Colonel Clink like, had a German accent yeah. and he's like I was just following orders <laughs> and what the, what kid is supposed to enjoy a Nazi uh, prison guard joke and then the, and of course the Chihuahua's like hey man you want to go you want to go it's like oh yeah, man yeah. the stereotype factory in there uh, must have been oh a, and the Scottish Terrier's like ah yeah. oh, be gosh and be gosh you know um Oh, everybody, every accent gets represented. My there, favorite thing was when Kirstie Alley is fired from the IRS or whatever yeah. the tax agency sh- she's working for is. 
She and she's so nervous. That's when she's that's the scene in which she says she's going to she's going to make him a clam souffle because she knows he's not going to get the job because she knows he's going to blow it at the job interview that he's at. She's fired. And her instinct is to yep. go collect her kids and go to his job interview and almost ruin it, which is yeah. still but happening. Ha- question. And mark. by the way, how would he how how would you have even found that out? OK, I'm fired. I'm freaked out. Let me call where my husband is going to get injury. Okay, is he there? No, no. They actually went to the airport to look at the plane. Okay, where? Great. What airport? Okay, okay. White planes. Okay, great. I'm on my way. What? <laughs> Why? Okay, yeah, I mean it's crazy. She doesn't. It doesn't seem she cares for the welfare of her children because nope. she should. I mean, now they really do need. This they job. wander onto the tarmac of a working <laughs> airport because she's like, hey, "We're here now. I got fired." And there's like a heavy metal band arm wrestling make, in the background. They both there's make so insane much. choices. So when she's getting him dressed for that interview and he's like going back and forth on what terrible outfit to wear, why wouldn't he just wear his pilot stripes? Yeah. His pilot uniform. Maybe. Why yeah, is he arriving good. for this interview in this insane suit? I also just find it weird that you would have a sit down interview with a pilot like that. You'd be like, all right, so tell me, uh, what, 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 like, she's looking over his references, like, oh, you flew for this person. But also, it just seemed like a very, it, no. seemed, it seemed super casual because he'd be Are like, she was like, some people recommended you. And he's like, oh, really? I have no idea who. And, and he, she, can I see? She shows him and he's like, oh, Mike, Mike's a great guy. I was like, they, they, these are like, CEOs or something that are like he's reliable and it's it's all because he's like a charming guy who like tells funny jokes. I guess to me if I were to hire a private jet, I the only questions I'm asking are have you crashed any planes? What is your flight record? That's all and, that's I it. need and to know. And have you cheated on anyone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes, of course. Are that's you available? That's all I need to know. <laughs> because I'm a, I re- run a Fortune 500 company. I look like a model. I'm 30, and I just can't <laughs> seem I to can't, meet a guy. And by the way, is she that bad? I said to June, before she gets to the cabin, before she really turns evil, is she that bad? I mean, no. is she exhibiting anything that is not just a no, nice she's boss? She's totally fine. Yeah. She's totally giving him opportunities. She's like, you know, uh, no, she's she's, cal- she's a little calculating. Sure, yeah. she's yeah. a little calculating. I, I think she. When she gives them the dog, it's definitely a fuck you. Also, that is the, the biggest. I mean, you are not supposed to show up at someone's house, yeah, and give them a dog. Uh, that's a huge no-no. And then they start bringing in the dog's wardrobe. Yeah. And do we ever see the dog wearing any of no, that? No, but Kirstie Alley starts to wear a piece of the wardrobe when she feels like maybe this is something that would fit me. Well, Maxie. she has such low self-esteem. <laughs> that's where we, that's that's someone who goes from running a large company to being a, a mall elf. <laughs> Yeah. Tries, sees dog's yeah. clothing and says, I wonder if that'll fit me. <laughs> My, here's the thing. But also, not even low self-esteem, weird body image yeah. too, body dysmorphia to be like, like to, tr- to even to, like, attempt to, like, to try it This off. is what I deserve. <laughs> It was a nice outfit. It was a nice outfit. Um, my thing was, I would like, I would have loved if this movie came full circle and Kirstie Alley, we end with Travolta doing whatever he's doing. And Kirstie Alley is now the cab driver. We have oh, access to that. a working cab, New York City cab. Why doesn't she just start driving the cab? I feel like she could make a good living at that instead of being a mall elf. 
I, I don't know. Guys, let's do it. Let's well, reboot the cabs, that. The cabs in the woods. It's well, now the cab is in the woods. I know the people at Senior Pizza, the uh, the one the advertiser, ad yeah. would be very happy to get that cab back on the road. Uh, apparently, uh, the, the Senior Pizza is a reference to an earlier film that the writers wrote that starred uh, Kirstie Alley. So, oh, funny. Uh, oh, one other thing. When they meet at the restaurant, the fancy restaurant that John Travolta the takes. The French Olympia, one. Yeah. Les Liaisons. They misspell it. It's misspelled oh on the menu. <laughs> they call it Leioson. Amazing. Uh, that's the best. Um, all right. Well, obviously, we had an opinion about this movie, but there are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit, yet this person recommends it. Tell me what. Maybe that art is subjective. I need a second opinion. That, of course, is John Lejoie with his second opinion song. Let's get into it. These are five star reviews culled from Amazon. These are people that love the movie so much that not only do they think it's great, but they wrote a five star review on Amazon.com. This first one is uh, by Joanne Edwards. Oh, wait a second. We just got some breaking news here. Jason, I don't know that it's that is exactly not it, right? Jason not, just Googled Charles Barkley doll. Uh, that is not the same. It's not, it's not the same, same, but it's, it's not the same it, doll. It's close. No, it's not close. And it's, yeah, no. Uh, Go find. The biggest difference is that this doll that Jason pulled up is a bendy toy. Yes. The doll that's featured in the movie is a, is is a soft, soft toy. Soft. Also, the face of yes. the doll in the movie is crazy looking. Yes, um, the doll in the movie is craft. Haunting. Yes. Haunting. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just right. going to pull it up for all of us to just look at one more time. There is the There is the face. Of the doll, oh, you can yeah. all see it. Yeah, no, that's uh, very scary. Yeah, that is a scary. That is. I, well, clearly, they don't have a doll for him, but they needed to give her some representation. So in the movie, they, I'm sure the 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 prop people is like, we'll make one, and that's what they came up with. But yeah, uh, that is a terrifying. By the way, they're also in New York. It should have been a Nick, but whatever. Um, all right. So Joanne Edwards writes. Uh, this is only in 2014. Our dog Ollie loved this movie. That's the title. Totally cute movie, perfect for kids, adults, and dogs. Our Border Terrier watches TV, and this movie is one of his favorites. Uh, we just wish they included more Border Terriers in the film, <laughs> but it's fun to watch for all of us. Five stars. Well, the key to that wow. is my dog liked it. Yeah. So, all right, so, all right. so to me, that invalidates everything else, I, which I, is she likes her dog to enjoy television. This is a movie that her dog <laughs> tolerated. And uh, so she is grading on this insane curve. This, that, <laughs> that person's children should be taken away from her. <laughs> Well, I, I I feel like we did find one person that you know logic and uh, and jokes go out the window for dogs. They they just are sure. it, you know enough enough. Uh, Their real only complaint is not enough casting choices that reflect themselves. Yes, exactly. They want like, representation. They, they, the border collie just wants more border collies. Otherwise, yeah. the movie is flawless. Yeah. Um, this is a listen. Theme. You can't be what you can't see. <laughs> this is going to be uh, kind of a, a recurring theme in these reviews about dogs. Um, this oh, is. This is from Scorpio 51 back in 2009, and it goes simply like this. By the way, a lot of these are written around Christmas time. 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is a Christmas movie. Is this, this yeah. going to be like the debate? There's a lot of drinking at Christmas, <laughs> oh. and you get sentimental, and then you write a five-star review <laughs> that you never intended to write. Like all, I was thinking like TBS has run out of all their Christmas movies. Like, I think Luke is talking now is a Christmas movie. Put it on. 31 days of Christmas. We got it. We filled it. We filled the slots. We did it. We win again. Uh, Scorpio 51 writes, I love this show. Um, well, show. yeah, yeah, it's a oh. great, it's a great family. It's a great family show and it is so cute. I can sincerely recommend this. If you like shows with animals in them. Wow. Yeah. Five That's stars. Invalidate. Wow. Because they say show. show. I wish Not there was show. more than three two hour episodes, do but you, it's a good show. Do they, do they just think it's a show because they're watching it on their TV or yeah, all lovely. movies shows? 2001 is a great show. Um, all right. This is from, um, uh, an unnamed reviewer. Uh, why is everyone giving one star for this movie? I rented this movie and it was great. So yesterday I went to the movie trading company and they have this movie. <laughs> the movie trading company? Yeah, I don't know. So I tell my mom that I want to buy this movie. And what do you think? My mom bought the movie for me. This movie is so much better than Look Who's Talking and Look Who's Talking too. So don't buy those movies first. You rent those movies first. Because if you buy the first one, then you're going to think that this movie was a waste of money, which it's not. And then you're going to put one star on this movie. And I don't like that. And this is a must-see and a must-buy. And I mean that. Five stars. Guess what? <laughs> Signed, Danny DeVito. <laughs> I like that Danny DeVito's mom let him buy the movie. Yeah. I just like that. 89-year-old the- Italian mom. <laughs> that was written in 2005, and that child has grown up now and and has yeah, some an very strong attachment uh. to look. It's like, um, just a couple facts about this movie. It was, uh, like we said, made in 93, the year before Pulp Fiction comes out. Um, in the, uh, the tagline of the movie... Anyone want to take a guess? Anyone want to take a guess on the tagline of the movie? So it's dogs talking. Their their bark is worse than their bite or something? That's great. I would would argue anything with a pun with a dog would would be good. Yeah, finding their spot. The tagline is, the world's favorite family is back. Oh, God. The world's world's favorite favorite family. family. What? The world's favorite family. By the way. In, until I until this movie, I don't think we've known Travolta's last name. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, or, or, or Biccio, oh, yeah. or so, what? I, like they're not a favorite family if we don't know what their last name is. It's not. And by the way, that this focuses the film, and the it's like we're watching this family. I don't know. It's not like, like as the if Griswolds. the world is like really tuning into the Mac and again. These people are unmitigated failures as human beings, parents, husband and wife. It's a disaster. The budget was $22 million. The opening weekend was $4 million. It made a total of $10 million. The first or the top three movies of 93 are Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, and The Fugitive. And it came in the 100th and 9th movie of the year. It was beaten by Demolition Man and Super Mario Brothers, which we did on the show. And this movie beat Surf Ninjas, Mr. Nanny, and Airborne. So it's a, it's a, real, it's a real big year for us. Uh, just one little fact about the film. There was plans for a, far, uh, a fourth installment of the franchise. They were going to do a spinoff with either Mike or Julie's characters now as adults, and then they would have their own children with their own celebrity voices. Oh, God. Uh, the little boy who played Mikey would go on to star in another Travolta movie, Phenomenon. And uh, for those of you Star Trek fans out there, I particularly liked it when uh, Kirstie Alley said that she was part Vulcan, which is a reference to her character from Star Trek II, which she did not reprise in Star Trek uh, Three. 
<laughs> oh, brother. Wow. Uh, she played Lieutenant Savick. Oh, boy. Uh, really really much better than Kim really Cattrall. Much better than Kim Cattrall. She got the, uh, she got the uh, full vocal. You should have uh, ba- quit while you were behind. <laughs> Welcome back to Hot Takes with Paul Shear. Conan, uh, you are here because you have a brand new podcast dropping this week. Yep. Um, this is a really cool concept. I remember when you were, you would do these like long form interviews uh, that you could watch online yeah. that I always called love. those serious jibber jabber. And that was mostly with authors and historians. Yeah. I'm a, I like to read. And so I would just, I'd read a book. I'd really love it. And so I'd call up the author and we had talked to him for an hour and a half. And it, and was, it was, you know. Fun. It was great, and so now you're kind of going into this a little bit in your new podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, it, it's a conceit. Uh, it's called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, right. uh, and the idea is just basically uh, me talking to a lot of celebrities that I've interviewed over the years in the talk show format and wondering why did it never go beyond that? You know, <laughs> why did it not? And it's actually right. something that I've thought about because. A lot of the social cues are the same. They come right. out, they talk to me, they lock eyes, they laugh at what I say, yeah. I laugh at what they say. I think we made a connection and then they get in an SUV and I'm told to never contact them again. <laughs> so um, it starts off with that and then we just talk about whatever. Uh, and my assistant, Sona, is there, my trusty assistant who has uh, no respect for me or for her job or my job. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's so it's a lot of... I've been shocked at how much fun it is. I mean, it's after all these years of obeying very strict time cues yeah. and making sure that I take care of the guest and that I make sure that everything is just right, it's nice to go off the rails and uh, let it all hang out. So it's kind speak. of fun. I love doing these podcasts. And I think we all do just like to be able to just go off in any different direction. It's like, I think that's the most fun. You get to see people in a very different way. Cause yeah. after, I feel like in five minutes or seven minutes, whatever, everyone has to stay like on target a little bit. So you, you were talking to great people like Will Ferrell and Wanda Sykes and Mark Maron and Ron Funches and Dax Shepard, Nick Offerman, Mega Mullally, Bill Burr. So you have like a really great diverse group of people. Yeah, that's going to be the, the, the first, uh, that's the first initial lineup. Yeah. Um, but I've, I, I think you've all experienced the same thing here, which is everyone here has performed in front of audiences. And I love audiences, but it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, audiences can lead you sometimes. They're giving you, if they're not giving you anything, they can sometimes lead you to try harder to score. Uh, that can be a problem, which is fine in a certain venue. But when we're here and we're just talking amongst ourselves... It's such a nice yeah. break. It's and so I love it as a counterpoint. I really do love it as a a counterpoint to Well, you are <clears throat> allowed like true moments of discovery uh and like uh revelatory conversations that like can meander into stuff that you just otherwise an audience wouldn't kind of allow for or you can just kind of build off of stuff that you wouldn't otherwise because it's quieter or whatever like those kind of long form shows in a studio are are captivating to watch I or to listen to I think you know I also think there's a connection that people are making for example, with your show, they really get to know you mm-hmm. and they really get to pick up on your different personalities and your opinions and they get involved in a way that I think is quite different from if they see you on a television show 
lit a certain way, yeah. moving it along, getting to the plug, making sure that everything is, uh, and, and not to put that format down because I absolutely love it, but. There's an intimacy to this that just doesn't exist, I think, on, you know, there's an intimacy to radio, to everything. Well, there's something about people having to imagine what's going on, not being able to see it, not being able to passively watch an interview, but to, to like, let it live in their mind's eye a little bit, yeah. you know? And that's, because, I think that's I mean, great. And because we don't wear clothes here, and yep. the, yeah. people are always surprised. Which when I they, didn't know. No, yeah, but, yeah, you, but you're so much yeah. comfortable, you're more comfortable because yeah. you're in your own skin, literally. I will say one thing too, maybe I'm being too bold in saying it, but, you also get to pick who you want to have. You don't have to fill those slots. So you can basically just have your- Well, that's a fav- mistake. Every guest I've talked to, and there's three a night for 25 years, has been someone I desperately wanted to talk to <laughs> and who was a personal hero of mine. So I don't know where you're coming All from. All right, yeah, sorry. I, I'll take that back. Uh, the show is uh, coming out, uh, every dropping every Monday. It started this week. Uh, so we're so excited to tune in. I will be there to tune in and listen uh, and picturing all you and your guests naked. Conan O'Brien needs a friend, a new podcast here on the Earwolf Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. Can I th- yeah. just thank you guys for having me? Uh, this no. This is a very- <laughs> No. No, no, I didn't mean sincerely. Oh, good. <laughs> I meant in that kind of showbizy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so oh, much. Oh, yeah, this feels so better. Fun. This yeah. was such oh, a good better. use of Blessings. my time. We are so blessed. No, we are and so I feel blessed. like we really connected. <laughs> we are so blessed to have you here. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you want to plug anything? Um, I would like to plug a, a movie called The Long Dumb Road that is, I believe, out right now in all likelihood in New York and L.A. It's also available on demand. It is myself and Tony Revolori on a, like, it's like a funny road trip kind of planes, trains, and automobiles kind of movie. If you want to see me be silly on the star of a movie, The Long it. Dumb Road, everybody. Check it out. June? Um, yeah, the fourth season of Grace and Frankie is out right now, which you can watch. And then the, the next one is coming out in January. And for me, you can be listening to Unspooled, a show I do with Amy Nicholson. Uh, we did the first 25 films of the AFI list, and it's just getting so much fun every single episode. Actually, uh, Conan O'Brien was on one of our earlier episodes as we talked about Duck Soup. Um, and a big thank you to everybody here who helps put this show together. First of all, Avril Halley for pulling all of our clips. Cody for uh, pulling the show together. Devin for being in the booth. Everybody at Team Coco for getting Conan in here. And all of you for listening. Oh, and I forgot some else to think the good old nate kylie who is uh putting together all of our research and kyle waldron who's creating some of our uh favorite kind of how did this get made photoshops uh thank you everybody at earwolf and we'll see you next week how did this get made?